Hi everyone, and welcome to the final episode of the season for Southview Stories, bringing you memorable stories from the leaders and best. I want to apologize in advance as I'm a little bit tardy with this last episode of the season that I promised you. Um, Obviously, uh, the world turned a little upside down over the last couple weeks for those of you that are listening uh, as this episode drops. Uh, We are dealing with a global pandemic and an economic meltdown of sorts for many of us, and uh, it's a little bit bit crazy out there right now. Uh, Many of us are sheltered in home. So uh, apologies uh, that uh, this wasn't out in time, but I did want to get it out for those of you listening because uh, it was an amazing, one of the best interviews of the season with Ari Weinswig, uh, founder of Zingerman's Delicatessen, among many other Zingerman's community of businesses. We spoke with Ari uh, towards the end of January uh, at the Roadhouse, and so this was recorded some time back, and after we recorded it, I knew that we wanted this to be the last episode of the season. It really turned out well, and we talked to Ari about some of the stories behind the Zingerman's sandwiches and uh, and then and dove into other topics as well, which was a lot of fun. And it, you know, I think interestingly, uh, I didn't know this at the time, but um, Zingerman's is the uh, kind of the root, the, the the source for a lot of the food and restaurant industry uh, that we know and love and and take pride in in Ann Arbor whether you live here or whether you went to school here or whether you come back to visit. And that industry, uh, that hospitality industry is definitely struggling uh, right now. So uh, it, it was, it's fitting to be able to t- you know, talk to Ari, uh, so well-known and well-respected, the, the Zingerman story so well-loved. Uh, um, well and, and Ari and the Zingerman story for me is one that I've always looked up to and admired. Uh, ever since reading Small Giants. So um, this one uh, meant a lot, I think. And uh, for those of you listening, as this, episode's dro- as this episode drops, uh, we're running a hospitality fundraiser for uh, the hospitality industry in Ann Arbor. Many businesses uh, are participating, restaurants, bars, um, gyms, uh, you name it, anyone struggling right now. So uh, I encourage you to go into the um, episode notes. There'll be a link. Um, uh, the fundraiser is open for a few more days. It closes on Monday. And, uh, you know, contribute. And um, the link that we'll have will actually link to Zingerman. So it'll help to to not only um, support the Zingerman's workers that are temporarily laid off or that are struggling, but also uh, all of Ann Arbor's hospitality industry. So keep an eye out for that. Apologies for the longer intro than normal, but hey, last episode of the season. Uh, and real quick, just a final shout out uh, for the season to our sponsors, Underground Printing, um, custom printed apparel uh, for your groups, businesses, t-shirts, or more, www.undergroundshirts.com. State and Liberty, stateandliberty.com. Go to State and Liberty right now. uh, Support them uh, with uh, and take advantage of the South U discount code. 
that we have for South U stories. That's South U for 10% off. And finally, Destination Ann Arbor. Um, still working hard to promote Ann Arbor as a destination of choice for travelers, even though right now that seems like far away, but it will happen again and they'll be there to uh, help us all pick up the pieces. Before we get to the interview, I wanted to give a few final shout outs as this is the last episode of the season. Uh, I couldn't have done any of this without uh, Mason Nell and Bilal Saeed from Pack Mode. Uh, they were the ones that cut the cut the episodes, did the social clips, promoted, traveled with me, set up on site. Uh, so without them, there was no Southview stories. So I really appreciate it. Thank you guys. Uh, and finally, shout out to everyone who listened, all of my guests this season, all the support, all the feedback, all the well wishes. It really meant a lot, made this experience for me a lot of fun. And I couldn't have done it without, without that. So I really appreciate it. Uh, I hope all of you are staying safe, hunkering down, sheltering, if that's the order in your state. And uh, we will see you again in the fall for season two of Southview Stories. And now, Ari Winesweig. All right, we are here at Zingerman's Roadhouse with Ari Winesweig, the founder of uh, the Zingerman's uh, community of business, ZCOB, uh, for those of us that, that know. Um, and Ari was kind enough to take some time out of his busy day. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of us can find him at Zingerman's Roadhouse, and that's where we are today, actually, uh, at the Roadhouse sitting in the back booth uh, during breakfast time. So thanks for, thanks for coming on, Ari. Really Happy to it. do it, man. Thanks for, thanks for doing what you do. Oh, uh, well, I'm learning. I'm definitely learning We're and having learning. fun, right? That's the so, point. So, so one, the reason that you know, I reached out to you and you were so kind to, to jump on was that I think every single one of my listeners knows who's, like, what Zingerman's is. They, they know a little bit about it. Yeah. But I've had the fortune of learning some of those inside stories mm -hmm. along, along the years <laughs> that I tell to people when I take them to Zingerman's or when I have guests that I bring to the Roadhouse and I'm trying to explain what Zingerman's is, which is, it, it requires a little depth to it. And I thought it would be cool to have you on to tell a few of those stories so that the next okay. time we're at Zingerman's and we say, hey, what's this all about? Why is this cool? Like, well, there's a lot of reasons, but let me tell you the story behind this sandwich. Or when you're waiting in line, let me tell the story behind this. And if it ever gets back to you that I heard that story, that would be cool for, okay. for, for me. So, cool. so that's the goal. Let's see what we can do. So the first off, first thing we have to ask, who's Greenberg? And yeah. what's the story behind that? Well, that's a good quintessential <laughs> beginning story. So uh, I know you love the quintessential questions. Well, it's a good one. Uh, it's number one on the sandwich menu right. is, the, is the direct and literal answer. Uh, and the direct and literal answer, which is actually more relevant for those about to eat, is it's corned beef or pastrami with chopped liver and Russian dressing and a little lettuce and rye. And I would order it with Montreal smoked meat 
instead of corned beef. But okay. anyway, okay, <laughs> that's the, that's because the that's choice. one of my often asked questions: is what should I get? And then and you go number one. It's been a long time since I really sat down and ate a whole sandwich. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, so the story of the name. So when we were gonna open the deli. Do you want my whole background? I, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I'm from Chicago. Uh, I came to Ann Arbor to go to school at U of M. Right. Uh, I actually, well, let's see. I guess it's Ann Arbor. You can never be more than like 14 minutes from anything. But uh, <laughs> I rounded up to 20, but I yes, lived I agree. At, I lived at Alice Lloyd, so oh, great. Uh, not far from where your building is, yep. your space is. Uh, and then I lived... Uh, on South Forest, so right around the corner from where you are. I lived on South Forest, too. I lived on Forest Court, actually. Oh, yeah. In Iggy Pop's old house, which I hope oh, will be huh. a uh, story that I do someday. But Yeah, that, this probably, probably was right around the corner. Right on. That. Anyway, uh, anyway, I came here. I studied Russian history. I studied the anarchists, which maybe we'll talk about later. Yeah. Uh, and then after I graduated, I just knew I didn't want to go home, move back home in order to do that and make it financially viable. Uh, I had driven a cab a little bit while I was in school. That was not all that exciting. One of my college roommates uh, was a waiter at Maud's on 4th Avenue, just south of Liberty. Right. Uh, And so I went in there, and I applied for a job as a server so I could make money and not go home. And, uh, you know, they interviewed me, and they said, we'll call you. If something opens, clearly the employment market was different than it is today because <laughs> uh, they didn't call me. And then two weeks later, I was like, all right, I have to go try again. So I applied as a busser and they didn't hire, you know, they right. said they'd call me. And right. I waited a couple more weeks or whatever. And I was totally running out of money. So I went back and I said, hey, I'll, you know, I'll do anything. And they said, do you want to wash dishes? I said, sure. I don't know, whatever. I didn't yeah. know anything about restaurants. I'll wash dishes. <laughs> uh, and so they that's how I started. So I really just lucked out because I stumbled into work that I really love. I had no knowledge of business, food, cooking. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I still don't think of myself as an entrepreneur. It's not, I th- just, I never went into business to make money. I mean, right. I think making money is an important piece of business, but it's still not what motivates me. It was, I mean, it's not entrepreneur as a term of, of prestige as of like in the last four yeah, years, right? Yeah, like yeah. up until that now, point, now what's an entrepreneur? Now it's hip, right? right, yeah, right now right. it's hip, yeah. But at the time, yeah. So uh, anyway, and I had no background in food or cooking. I mean, my upbringing was all uh, essentially industrial mm-hmm. food. I mean, Kraft macaroni and cheese. <laughs> right. Uh, Mrs. Paul's fish sticks, Pop-Tarts. Right. Tang, Captain Crunch, Captain... Whatever, uh, Cocoa Krispies, <laughs> Nestle's Quick, uh, Green Jello, I mean, all of that stuff. So uh, I really Jell-O. just lucked out and I came to love food and cooking and then also met great people. So Paul Saginaw was the GM at the restaurant. That's how we met. Uh, Frank Carollo from the Bakehouse was a line cook and Maggie Bayless uh, from Zing Train was a cocktail waitress oh, wow. about so a year later. You so all we met all there. Met oh, there great. and it's now. 40 i was just writing about it because frank's actually going to retire next year uh so it's now like 40 years over 40 years uh that we've been working together wow that's impressive anyway so uh i stayed and worked for that restaurant group started prepping line cooking and running kitchens so my background in the food world is known as back of the house yep it's uh, all of that and then paul left halfway through that roughly an open monahan seafood market with mike monahan mm-hmm. in carytown and he and i stayed friends you know we would yeah. chat here and there and uh about doing something and then fall of 81 i reached a point 
uh, where it's not like I didn't like going to work. I just stopped. I didn't really love going to work. Mm -hmm. And I could tell where they were headed as an organization, even though they didn't do any visioning work the way we yeah. now teach it or do it. But, uh, you know, where they were headed just wasn't where I wanted to head. And right. uh, like they told me if I was going to go, the next step would be to move into the dining room as a general manager, but I'd have to take my earring out. I, I, <laughs> I, I, have, th I have three now. I had one then. Right. Which my stepfather told me I'd never get a job after I pierced my ear. But anyway, uh, but I guess they now yeah. that's nowadays that's like a, the least controversial thing that that you pretty have. soon there'll be a president with it. <laughs> yeah, but, exactly. Uh, but anyway, uh, but anyway, so uh, so I yeah I decided I was going to leave there. November one eighty one. I gave two months notice. Uh, Paul, not knowing I'd given notice you know called me because the little building by the fish market was coming open oh, yeah. uh and he uh, uh had grown up in detroit where you could get good deli food and in chicago where i grew up you could get it but you couldn't get it in ann arbor so somehow within like a week we decided we were going to open <laughs> and uh and then three and a half months later we were open which was not a, just a small thing because it included like renovating the whole space yeah and, you know, getting the menu organized, costing the menu, writing the menu, <laughs> right, pricing right. everything, ordering in retail product. Uh, and so we opened up on March 15th, 1982, which I somehow completely missed uh, historically until last year when I was working on the Emma Goldman pamphlet, uh, which came out in June for her 150th birthday. But uh, that that was the day the czar abdicated in Russia in 1917 with March 15th. So... <laughs> Somehow I totally missed that, which is embarrassing. But anyway, uh, that's how we opened. So we opened with two employees, uh, me and Paul, 1,300 square feet, 25 sandwiches on the menu, a little bit of what is now called specialty food, but at the time was mostly just called weird because people didn't know what olive oil right, was, right. et cetera. Uh, anyway, back Would you have called that, would you at the time, is that deli food? That's what you would describe Well, it? we, you know, f we did a lot of things... Anybody who does something meaningful is doing something that people tell them is a bad idea. Yeah, 100%. And later, you know, so Arthur C. Clarke, the science fiction writer from then Ceylon, now Sri Lanka, uh, I could look up the quote, but he, you know, said essentially like all revolutionary ideas go through three stages. Stage one, it's completely impossible, it'll never work. Stage two, it's possible but not very practical stage three i was behind it from the beginning <laughs> uh we, we have lived that one over and over and over again uh hugh mcleod m-a-c-l-e-o-d wrote an amazing little book called ignore everybody you would love it yeah uh you know and he just said good ideas are always initially resisted mm -hmm. because it changes the relationships with what is present in the moment you know and he goes later after everybody told you it was a bad idea, suddenly everybody wants to be, you know, yeah. on board with you. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that that was certainly true. That's cool. Uh, for all of this, but um, anyway, what to answer your question directly? So we combine things that you know, which is what creativity is, having now studied it. But we combine things that weren't combined. So at the time, like you didn't do food service and retail in right, one space like right. it was like just not done right and so when we did that like we were just like well we need sales and we want to stay in business so what else can we sell why not right and uh so yeah the restaurant people thought it was stupid to sell retail mm -hmm. and the retail people were like why do you want to be in the restaurant business <laughs> yeah and then also we combined 
you know, Jewish food, Jewish traditional food, but then we were selling like ham hocks because we were in the old African American neighborhood. Right. <coughs> you know, and prosciutto and, you know, stuff like that my grandmother, you know, freaked yeah. out. And uh, <laughs> so those weren't supposed to go together yeah. either. And yeah. there's still like every year, once a year, somebody, person will write in about how horrible it is. Uh, that yeah. We, yeah. You know, that we're a Jewish deli, but we sell pork. pork and it's yeah. like, but we've always sold pork and yeah. we never claim to be a kosher deli. Right. And, you know, with all due respect, Jews have been eating pork illegally for as long <laughs> as there's been laws. So, uh, so anyway, uh, shortly after we were getting ready to open, and we had to figure out a name. And so, uh, Paul's last name is Saginaw, which is Sagin Or in Russia, or was Sagin Or in Russia, which means seer of light in ancient Hebrew, which is very inspirational, mm-hmm. but was anglicized like so many names were in that era to uh, Saginaw when they came to the United States, which, you know, yeah, nothing wrong with it, but it's yeah. a mid-sized industrial town uh, and a reference to a Native American tribe, which is awesome, but doesn't make you think of corned beef. Correct. Uh, my last name is essentially unpronounceable, although you did pretty good. Thank uh, you. And I don't really use it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Once you say Ari is all you yeah, can say, right? Yeah, so that was out too. And yeah. so we went to his house, which had no furniture, these are good stories for you, which had no furniture. So we sat on the floor and we drank a couple <laughs> beers. I mean, neither of us are giant drinkers, but right. we, like now I haven't had a beer in forever. But, you know, we drank a couple beers and we made uh, lists on those white sheets on the yeah. wall of brainstorm names. And we wanted an A or Z ah. uh, because. Uh, First or last in the phone book. Yeah. Yeah. Now, sorry, I've completely forgotten. Okay. So I told you my brain is fried. So. Uh, before that, though, we needed a name. So the, he suggested that we use the name Greenberg's because there was this elderly Jewish woman who was a customer at the fish market who was from New York named Hannah Greenberg. Okay. And I vaguely remember her, but he re- you know, has vivid stories of her. And, <laughs> you know, I don't know how old she really was when you're 20. I was 25. He was 31, I guess, when we opened. But <laughs> She was probably like 30. She was probably 40, <laughs> yeah, but exactly. uh, whatever. You know, so, but anyway, he describes her as this elderly Jewish woman from new york who had come into the fish market on saturday morning like you know four foot eleven you know and he says still in her bathrobe with her curlers in (laughs) and she'd go like okay give me you know he'd say mrs greenberg can i help you and she'd say give me two of those smoked chubs and he'd go well how are those ones i sold you last week and she goes ah the bones it almost killed me (laughs) and she'd go give me two more Anyway, so we thought, okay, that's a, she's a good, you know, figure for <laughs> yeah. our business. We'll yeah. name it after her. Yeah. So uh, about a week before we were getting, so we ordered the neon sign from a guy named Jeff Hine, H-E-Y-N, who had a company called Mr. Neon. Oh, that's a great It took name. like two weeks to, to get the sign made, and he made the sign Greenberg's. Oh, the sign was made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it came, and we hung it up, whatever, and uh, before we opened, and like two weeks before we were going to open or 10 days or something, I, the phone rang and I answered the phone. And this is, uh, of course, when phones had cords and were attached to walls. <laughs> and I, you know. And a, twisty, good, good twisty lines. Yeah, yeah good yeah. morning, you know, Greenberg's, can I help you? And the guy's like, can I speak to Mr. Greenberg? And I was <laughs> like, well, there is no Mr. Greenberg, can I help you? And he goes, well, where'd you get the name? I'm like, well, we actually, we made it up. Do you like it? And he goes, yeah, I like it and it's mine. And, you, <laughs> you know, so... Anyway, uh, 
he was going to open in Detroit. Uh, he had registered the name in Lansing before we did. It was his last name. Oh, interesting. And I don't remember all the legalities, yeah. but when it's your name, like you have a legal right to use it. And right. then he had registered it. And I don't know how it works anymore now because the lawyers do it. I don't do it. But <laughs> in those days, you had to send in the form. Yep. And then, you know, it could take six months before you got the form back. Right. And so you, we would have already been open before the form came back. But whatever. Uh, anyway, so, you know, he's like going to open in Southfield or something and we're like well we knew from the beginning we only wanted one and we we're going to only open here so I'm like we're only going to open here whatever yeah. and you know he's like no you know we're going to open nationally we're going to franchise this thing yeah. it's our name you can and like no matter what we said he wouldn't let it so so then we were like, okay, we got to come up with a new name, and we only have two weeks. So then we went to Paul's house. Yeah. Sorry, I got it out of order. That's and, right. And, uh, and we sat on the floor, and we brainstormed names, and we put the white sheets up, and we started writing names, and we wanted an A or a Z because although it matters not at all anymore because on Google every letter comes up equally quickly, in those days A or Z was infinitely better from a marketing standpoint. Our so first name was A-1 Screen Printing, oh. and still our legal name, and you can still look it up. There so. you go. Okay. <laughs> Good trip. Well, when I do, when I have a podcast, which might not happen, <laughs> and I interview you about stories, Deal. I'm going to ask that. So, uh, so anyway, we picked Zingerman's, uh, and that's what we did. Yeah. So then the Gre the Greenberg's neon sign actually hung on the inside wall. We moved it because, like, why waste it? It was good decor and it was a good story. <laughs> right. Uh, and it was up there for a long time until uh, somebody broke it one day when they were cleaning it. Probably. 10 years in, oh, wow. eight years in, which is a bummer. But anyway, yeah. so that's who's Greenberg. So the question, it, it was, so the original ad actually came out in the Ann Arbor Observer before we were open, mm -hmm. and it was still Greenberg's because it came out like a month before yeah. we were going to open. That's amazing. And, and so a lot of that stuff is now in the Bentley Library. Oh, cool. Because they took our uh, archive. The sign too, do you think? The sign broke. It's but the, but, oh. but but did they keep the broken? No, no. Oh, it's, that it's, would be it's neon, man. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> yeah, that was probably toxic at yeah. that juncture. Yeah. So the, it's an homage to the first name, the original yeah. name of Zingerman's. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, okay. Next next one. That's that one is enough. Yeah. For for three trips, I think. But but let's keep going. Um, one of my top two favorite sandwiches is Mary's Commute. Yeah. Tell me the story about Mary's Commute. So Mary's Commute is named after Mary Economo, who lives now in Florida for quite a long time, but okay. uh, was the dining room manager at Maud's. Oh, uh, back in the day again. Back in the day. In fact, it's funny, but I was pouring water. I worked the floor, as you know, yep. out here every night, pretty much, and... Uh, I was pouring water in the other room last night and, you know, nice family at the second booth in table 102. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, they're eating dinner. I poured a water. The guy looks at me. He's like, did you used to work at Mods? <laughs> Are you that guy from Mods? And I was like, yeah. And I figured it was safe to say, you know, I'm like, you did too, right? Like, yeah. I actually didn't remember him, but, that's hilarious. Uh, he goes, yeah. So he used to work at Mods. His name's Larry. <laughs> and he's like, what are you up to now? <laughs> well, at the end, he was leaving, and uh, I was pouring water at another table, and he was trying to catch my eye, and I went over there. And, uh, he's, I, you know, he goes, no, it's okay. I'm like, no, man, it's fine. How, you know, thank yeah. you for coming in. And he goes, yeah. I just wanted to see, I mean, I'm 
feel awkward to say this, but you know, you want to say I'm just. It's just nice to see somebody in the in food business, in the industry, doing it the way it's supposed to. Awesome. Be done. That's a great. That's great. Great. And to I hear. was like, well, what are you doing now? You know, and he goes, well, I'm waiting tables. I'm like, where are you waiting tables? He goes, somewhere I shouldn't be working. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Like, we're hiring. Get over here. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so anyway, who knows? Maybe he'll come back to work. That's cool. Okay, so she was the dining manager. You know, when we were getting ready to open, uh, you know, we didn't have any money. I mean, so all our friends, I'm sure you had the same thing, came and helped. Yep. Uh, she was one of them, and she was really good at training systems, and so she helped us with that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, I think by that point she had taken a job in Detroit with a bigger company, another okay. company. At that time, the train used to go from the train station. Uh, H- hence why they call it Depot Town, right? Correct. Which, yeah, which I could tell you about the train station a little bit. But anyway, uh, so the train left at like 7:20 in the morning to go to Detroit. And so we were going to decide we would open at 7 mm-hmm. so that we could catch the morning commuters. Got it. And so it was, that's, and then it was, it's chicken salad with bacon and mayonnaise and challah. Yep. Which I can't remember if that's what she really ate, but we'll just say it was. But anyway, uh, <laughs> but yeah. That's great. Yeah. And so it's, it's for her. And yeah, it's named for her. Oh, and that's she's awesome. still and did she, going in Florida. Oh, yeah. that's great. And kept in touch. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have been talking about the deli, but we're at the Roadhouse. Yeah. And this is also, uh, you know, I remember when it wasn't the Roadhouse, but now I feel right. like... Well, it was man, Bill Naps. It was Bill Naps. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's a, that's a story, That's too. a story in itself. But, not, I mean, now I think it's been around for so long. It's just I don't remember what it looked like before it was the well, Roadhouse. Well, it's 16 years. What are we in? 2020. So this is September will be 17 years. 17 years. That's that's. Uh, that's crazy. So Bill Knapp opened his first restaurant in Battle Creek in 1957 or. Oh, I didn't know that. That yeah. Oh wow. Well, in part four of the business book, and every time I do the business books, I need to give some history because for people who read it yeah. without the other parts. Yeah. But then I try to write the history a little different version of yeah. it. And so this time, in part four, I did it as a history of the building. Oh, cool. And followed the history of the buildings through all of it. So there's the whole history of the Delhi building, which right. I could tell you, which would actually be a good story. We'll come back and do that uh, one for sure. But Bill, then I looked up Bill Knapp more than I knew because yeah. then I was telling the story of this building. So in, I think, 57, 58, he opened in Battle Creek. So his... <coughs> His creative wisdom, which I'm sure everybody told him was a stupid idea, was that he was going to grow by opening uh, restaurants next to interstate highway exits, which in the <laughs> 50s, the interstate highway system was barely existent. So, yeah, yeah. Like now people are, oh, you could take the scenic drive on old US-12 or whatever, <laughs> but all there was was US-12. <laughs> right. and that's what you, So when they built the interstate highway, it was like yeah. this radical new you know, yeah. thing. So. All of the Bill Knapps that were, and they got up to like 60 of them, mostly in uh, Michigan, northern Indiana, uh, the edge of Illinois, mm-hmm. uh, and and uh, I think that's it, maybe Wisconsin. And then he, they opened a few at the end in Florida. Which, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, they were all like this within, you know, a half mile of the exit oh. to, 90, to the highway. Right. And then they all had this exact footprint which is like a T-shape yeah. to the customer plus the kitchen in the back. Right. So this was a Bill Knapps, and then when he passed away, I don't remember when, like late 90s, then it ended up going broke within like four years. Right, right, And it right. was vacant. 
Anyway, so yes, we're at the Roadhouse. So we're at the Roadhouse. So uh, I wanted a uh, you know, homage to the Roadhouse. Tell us one great Roadhouse story. I, I'd heard there's a good story about Big Bad Voodoo. Yeah, Daddy, I so. don't. I was trying to think of what story, but uh, but I mentioned that. So Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. I actually had never heard of. You heard of them? I had heard of. Them. Uh, well, their music's great. Now I've heard of them. It was you know it's like you know ska in the time nineties. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, they're still touring. They're still touring. Yeah, they're still uh, doing it for and sure. And they're they're good. I yeah. mean, when I looked at Full so, band, full uh, band, right? Like the full, the you full know, sound, like, right? Like, well, you, I know, but like you, I got, I get a lot of inquiries for, you know, interviews, which is fine. Yeah. And I got an inquiry for an interview from this woman, and she, she wanted to interview me about Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, I don't know who it is, but I, you know, I look them up, and then I'm like, okay, I actually pay an enormous amount of attention to music and i like music but i don't know anything about big bad voodoo daddy like why do you want to interview me yeah. and she's like well they said you're the, the roadhouse is their favorite restaurant oh really and i'm like what <laughs> so she sends me this link to this article that was in another interview yeah with somebody and they live in california i mean yeah. they've been t- touring for like 25 years right. or something. and they go all over the country every year for like I don't know, four months. And uh, so it's like some, you know, reporter asked, said, like, well, where do you like to eat? And this was the place that they listed. This is the place. So I'm like, wow, that's incredible. So uh, anyway, so I listened to some of their music. I like it, and I like music. And so then when she interviewed me, you know, I don't know what she's going to ask me. But anyway, (laughs) I'm, like, talking, and I usually can come up with stuff pretty quick. But in the middle of the interview, she's like, well, if you were going to name a dish after them, what would it be? And I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, I don't know. So I'm like, uh, how about a burger with pulled pork on it and applewood bacon from Newski's and the barbecue sauce at the Roadhouse and the seven-year cheddar that we get from uh, Tony and Julie Hook in Mineral Point, Wisconsin. And she's like, okay. So like I don't know, it's like sounded like bold and right. brassy, like their sound, yeah. you know. And I yeah. thought, okay, it's like big, bad, and it's voodoo, and it's like putting all that stuff together, yeah. like pulled pork and a burger you wouldn't normally put together, right? And uh, so she ran the article, and then I'm like, well, I think we should actually make, you know, let's do the burger. You so got we, to. We put it on. You have to. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so then. You know, I, I actually, she said, well, do you want me to connect you with them? I'm like, yeah, totally. <laughs> so I ended up getting connected with them on email. And yeah. then uh, I think the photo, I know the photos on our on the Roadhouse Instagram page, but they were just here like a month ago. Oh, interesting. So we put it back on again. You know, we run it here and there on occasion. Yeah. And it sells like crazy. <laughs> and most people don't even know who they are. But, I mean, it's. Do they, but, and they don't know the story, I'm sure. Oh, no, they know the story because oh, I told them. But, <laughs> and they love it. I mean, so they ca- they came in and they, they uh, I didn't know they were coming. And it was uh, Monday night they were here. And then, like, the next, they're like, no, we planned the whole, or Tuesday night. They're like, we we're not actually playing in Ann Arbor. They're playing in Kalamazoo. But they're, you know, when they're on the road, they're, like, driving. Yeah. So they're, like, we planned the whole tour so that we could stop here on whatever, <laughs> Tuesday night and then drive there on Wednesday. But yeah. we could have breakfast here before we leave. So they were here at night for dinner. And for breakfast. <coughs> 10 That's o'clock, awesome. they're back for breakfast the next morning, and then they left. So That's they didn't even awesome. play a concert here. <laughs> so. That's amazing. That's I mean, that's 
that story in and of itself is, well, is, is worth keeping the sandwich on the menu year-round, I feel. Well, and it's really the good. Burger it is really good. Yeah, yeah, you bet. Yeah. So. Well, uh, I know you got to run, and yeah. this has been awesome. I absolutely want to – I'd love to circle back on some of the history yeah. of buildings because I think, like, that's the thing that we yeah. have here that I think yeah. is super interesting, and yeah. you obviously are super knowledgeable about it. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, thanks, for co thanks so much for coming on. Thank right. you, man. I appreciate it. Have a good one. Yeah, you Thanks too. for doing what you do. Appreciate it.